Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia podcast. For our oldest and most loyal listeners out there, we wanted to let you know about our new Patreon page, Outside of our careers and time spent with family, the three of us here at Maltopia have been working every night and weekend for the past five years, building our company into what it is today. With your help, our goal is to make Maltopia our livelihood, allowing us to bring you higher quality content, exciting new podcast series and published works, and a large central community for you to take part in. As a thank you for your support, we're offering exclusive perks and bonus content, like early access to podcast episodes, behind-the-scene creator videos, and more. Go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia today and explore our membership levels, and be sure to scroll through for free public content, some of which gives you a sneak peek at what you can expect when you become a member. From Mark, Steve, and Walker, thanks again for enjoying our podcast, and we hope to meet you soon on Patreon. The dead knot strode towards the assembled wanderers, the cobalt lighting pressing his massive shadow down upon them, a manifest omen. The ceiling crumbled around the monster, and the remains of the once-living Englishman hung down from his shoulders like a gory cloak, stretched red and tattered. William Church seemed unimpressed. So, that all you got? You turn into a big zombie? (laughs) I've seen better card tricks. William's hands began to smoke as he cracked his knuckles. Don't waste your time, boss. I got this, said a rough-looking wanderer at William's side. The unnamed man was wide-shouldered and big-jawed, shrugging off his coat in a second. 
The man's transformation was still ongoing as he rose twice the height of the dead knot, becoming something yet to be defined, but completely massive, subsequently finishing off what was left of the front of Theodore's house. When all was said and done, the wanderer was nearly three stories tall, floating several feet above the ground with the aspect of a red-hot, riveted iron head protruding massive spikes at every angle, the grinning, fire-eyed terminus of a gigantic morning star. Pride is said to be the largest portion of a man's head, so I suspect the machine found you to be an exceptional narcissist, smiled the deathful Malsapien. Keith openly chuckled as the two giants entered the street, the house behind them still groaning over its ruin. The curtains of nearby homes parted as denizens of Deadwitch studied the contest. We'll see who's smiling last, funny guy. Like a careening wrecking ball, the towering head rushed forward, eyes, mouth, and spikes ablaze. The resulting impact shattered windows throughout the neighborhood, the shockwave putting bystanders on the ground as they fled. This time it was the Deadnought's turn to be unimpressed. Despite the bluster of the impact, the pale Goliath had not budged. Instead, he held the head by its burning spikes and whispered into the space where its ear should have been. Whenever a soul flies the light, its forgotten might lives in me. For, you see, I am all the strength from beyond the grave. And you shouldn't be so offended, my friend, for death smiles at us all. The undead giant's consequent haymaker banished the burning head from sight, sending it soaring through the streets and into the woods, the sounds of shattering trees echoing like distant thunder. The impact of the dead knot's fist was many times its predecessor, cratering the asphalt and cracking the facades of nearby houses like walnuts. When the dust settled, the dead not casually turned towards William Church. Now, on to tearing you to bloody, screaming shreds. Slowly. The ease with which the Malsapien had dispatched the Wanderer seemed to put the leader on his guard, stealing his jaw and lifting his smoking fists. His eyes, nose, and mouth began exuding a thick, rolling black smoke as well which tumbled and gathered at his feet. But a third thunderous blast bellowed, interrupting their standoff. Apparently, the first contest had yet to be decided. The dead knot disappeared as the gigantic flaming head smashed down upon him with all the ferocity of a fallen star. The entire block shook, trees tumbled, and houses buckled upon their foundations. The explosion seemed to end the conflict as the gigantic wanderer rose from the smoking crater, a wide smile parting its glowing metal face. Well, I think that's about done it. Scratch one walking boneyard. As the additional dust and smoke parted to admit a wider view of the pulverized road and its injured surroundings, a cold voice slithered from a cusp of smoke that curled into a familiar and massive shape. Loath though I am to exhaust the momentum of a good joke, 
You do seem to enjoy overinflating that head of yours. To think that I might be expunged so easily, and by something so laughable as a hot air buffoon. <laughs> Keith joined his newly solidified companion in laughter, the two of them appearing to step out of the moment, freed of its portents and stakes, just two friends mocking the devil. Piling one absurdity atop another, the hovering wanderer opened its mouth to reveal a blast furnace for innards. It let fly a length of searing chain, the end of which sported a legitimate and blazing morning star. First one and then another, and another, until a legion of the things bombarded the dead knot. The pale passenger was swept up into a meteor storm of metal and fire chains wrapping him in their scorching clutch while relentlessly bludgeoning him with their flaming spiked extremities. Lifting the dead knot into the air, the collection of chains lashed themselves to the dead knot, repeatedly slamming him into the ground. All the while, the passenger tore apart the chains that bound him, sending the spiked balls of fire crashing all around, smashing and burning house after tree after car. But no sooner had he broke one series of chains than they were replaced by another. The street filled with fleeing Malsapiens abandoning their homes, fire licking at their heels. Again, the dead knot became a flowing wraith of smoldering plasms, slipping the tangle of chains and streaking into the air directly above the bizarre wanderer. Solidifying once more, the dead knot stood atop his burning adversary bringing down his conjoined fists. The blow proved almost too great for the earth to bear, as the entire city shook for its violence. Fortunately for Deadwitch, if not the Wanderer, the brunt of the strike was channeled downward rather than outward, creating a kind of tunnel. Instead of a massive crater taking up a city block, the street-wide hole bore into the earth as if from a giant laser beam. As the ground shook in protest beneath the onlooker's feet, the smolding aperture expelled the broken form of the man who had once been a burning head. His fight and fire extinguished. Next crept a cold mist from the pit, followed by the victor of the contest, himself now afloat upon the air, grinning at his next prospective victim. The machine is a god of darkest recompense, William. Our power is the wonder it mills from the grist of our wounds, our inequity. So, let us see which of us the machine pitied most, whose share of compensation piles the highest. Deadwitch's bleak history seemed to deepen the night when it fell. Even beneath the somewhat alleviating rays of the moon, the city always managed to further dim the sights of its rotting exterior. It was not an uncommon thought that occurred to the average dead witcher that the shadows falling from the more dilapidated districts of the deceased town did so with an appreciable heft an absence of light shouldn't convey. It was also thought that such places should be shunned even by those who had themselves been carved from a darkness older than any earthly night. It was through just such a place the tight knot of wanderers walked on their way to Devon Street, prisoners in tow 
hand in hand. Lynn was draped over Gregory's shoulder, while Hazel was made to walk out front of the group, a leash of electrokinetic energy binding her to the will of a lank and smiling man. Not choosing to be terribly careful about how he went about it, Silas descended upon the group, his psychic effulgence laying upon them like a heavy snow. It took little effort for him to compel the group to move on without two of their number, the brainstormer and the captive regressor. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Mindwalker had always been curious about Amadeus Sefton, his power a mystery, a sort of electrified telepathy. Up to this point, Silas had dealt with him only when the Wanderer slept, and even then, there were strange powers afoot in the halls of the man's mind, coiling dreams outlined in lightning, and thoughts that moved about with an uncommon energized celerity. This would be the first time he would ply the man with his own unique brand of mental ability. As the Mindwalker attempted to slip into Amadeus's mind, he could feel the man's awareness bristle for the effort. Hmm. I wondered when you'd try your tricks outside of sleep, whoever you are. Silas was surprised at how easily he was discovered, and equally excited by the specter of a new challenge. So, you're not as dull as your buddies. <laughs> That's fine by me. I love a little, uh, competition. Silas whispered into the outer precincts of the Wanderer's awareness. Immediately after the message concluded, the air around the brainstormer was stabbed by forked mental lightning. The Wanderer was looking to strike the Mindwalker, subsume his will into his own. Silas was curious if the tactic could work. He didn't think so, but withdrew beyond the greatest concentration of the man's hissing power all the same. No sooner had Silas shifted backwards than a serpentine length of electricity snapped at his spectral mind. He could feel Sefton's will infecting, driving the lightning, and the near miss effectively singed the Mindwalker's psyche, demonstrating the danger of the Wanderer's power. This was a hard knot to untie, as Sefton's telepathic mind partook of a solid physical force, a blending which departed from Silas's initial theory concerning the power. He had taken the ability for a higher form of electrokinesis, which was born from the mind subordinating the logics of electromagnetism. But this was something entirely different, 
The man's malgenic gift seemed empowered by a massive increase in the electrochemical action within his very brain, a sort of psychical dynamo. This was uncharted territory for the disembodied psychic, but he'd already formed a plan. Silas continued to dodge the lightning, though he could sense the blasts thinning out into a grid. On that, when the psychoelectric netting closed around nothing but night air, the brainstormer switched tactics. Silas realized that the Malsapien lacked a sufficiently ambient capacity for his psychic facility, so he needed to compensate. In this case, a sweeping electromagnetic field. The emergent mental construct bloomed wide into the night, hoping to detect the flitting mind of the clever Mindwalker. But Silas had already retreated into the stray Malsapien he caught running down a nearby street, fleeing the fire in violence raging over on Fisher Avenue. The hapless fellow was lower tier, a term he'd heard Spider Black use to describe those Malsapiens whose powers were less than spectacular. It was Randy Davenport, a thief who had his hands cut off for stealing, a sentence carried out within one of the dog towns that had backslid into archaic legal remedies. The upshot of losing his hands was that the machine had seen fit to gift him with a new pair and with very particular capacities. Randy ran with the Wanderers, as he hadn't warranted placement into any other top-tier team. They seemed to appreciate his gift enough, though, and employed him often. When Randy the Ripper showed up, Amadeus was caught off his guard, just as Silas had planned. Careful, Ripper. There's something out here with us. Some kind of mind ghost. Randy nodded and moved to sidle up to his ally. Silas assumed the Brainstormer's EM field would reveal him as possessing the on-again, off-again wanderer, but this too he'd calculated. Very tricky indeed, Mind Ghost. Amadeus smirked, looking at the Mindwalker wearing the Ripper's body. When the Ripper suddenly reached out to his friend, the Brainstormer was forced to act, or once that hand touched him, any part of his body could very well end up getting teleported to God knew where. Just as Silas hoped, the man dropped his control over Hazel to intercept the Ripper, allowing him to jump into the regressor. Once inside Hazel's head, he turned her power upon the Wanderer. Having little experience with regression, he merely loosed a plume of the temporal energy, which seemed to have the effect of sending his target into a state of profound confusion. As the brainstormer stammered and stumbled, Silas had Hazel pluck a rock from the ground and smash it over the wanderer's head. As for Randy the Ripper, Silas departed the low-tier Malsapien with instructions for him to fall asleep. Within moments, Silas had piloted Hazel deeper into the shadows and passed the threshold of one of the many abandoned houses lining the much-shunned street. Walking Hazel into the blacked-out spaces of a ruined kitchen, Silas finally sat her down upon what was left of a fallen countertop. The effort of arresting her will was tremendous, requiring all of his considerable strength. Her time-warped mind was hard enough to manage when he was merely moving memories around, but to hold it off when she was actively fighting back was almost too much. Every time he tried to make her believe some false memory he'd concocted to disarm her, 
she'd merely regress it back to the underlying truth. It was only his ability to produce false memories faster than she could regress them that allowed him to stay ahead of her at all. He envied the workaround exercised by the brainstormer, hijacking the electrochemical processes of her body to deny her thoughts any traction. After carefully considering the matter, he came up with his own trick. He essentially held on to his illusion as long as he could, and when she was pulling back hardest upon it, he suddenly let go, and then used the reversed mental momentum to push her recollection as far back into the past as possible, restarting her awareness to a point several days prior. Once she'd forgotten about the contest, her defenses lowered. It was child's play for him to lull her to sleep. With Hazel effectively out of commission, Silas's mind reached out to the mental space where lurked the alien psyche of Spider Black. The Mindwalker couldn't help but imagine the creature sprawled out upon an etheric bed of flowing webs, awaiting the plucking of one of its astral strands to alert him to the summons. After detecting his master's response, the Mindwalker began connecting the two minds. Silas felt as if he'd become some sort of psychic switchboard operator. Once the connection had been established, the Mindwalker guided Spider's awareness through the temporal labyrinth that was Hazel's mind. While they traveled, Silas monitored closely his master, seeking out any bit of insight he might safely pilfer. Likewise, he could feel Spider's probe buzzing around like a hungry mosquito, eager to find an unguarded pathway to blood. The wild howl of primal eons rose out of the mists of bygone worlds. Sounds of terrible things hunting, killing, and warring. Spider passed into the epoch with nary an ounce of wonder or curiosity, his expression unchanged for the savagery surrounding him. In a matter of moments, the scene changed to that of some deep place beneath a prehistoric sea. They now resided within a titan manse made from the piling of many great stones and gathered about its curving, rough-hewn walls were the silent, monstrous shapes of great horned creatures, all of them gazing fearfully at the thing reposed upon the throne that rose black and gigantic from the back of the mammoth chamber. But this time the creature made no attempt to hide its presence, allowing for a clear view of itself in all its terrible majesty. Baal was a sprawling devil, a true giant whose head was crowned with spiraling horns that would shame the greatest ram. A swollen prominence of inhuman muscle coiled tightly about the rambling frame of the creature. Its limbs looked like they could easily heft and sustain the weight of a mountain. Its hands were massive, powerful things, tipped with claws that dripped down from its fingertips like ancient curving stalactites. And then there was Baal's face, a nightmare wrought in flesh. While it held all the sadistic ugliness ever to grace a work of Hieronymus Bosch, there was also a dash of savage handsomeness to the sum of his features. Silas did not look long into the monster's eyes, and so only knew them as a darkness that afforded the monster his sight. Hymander, it does indeed appear that prophecy must always have its way, even if it must cleave through the stone of a hardened time to do so," spoke the great horned king beneath the sea. Indeed, Baal. It is as I told you 
even then. You must be incredibly patient, for your time will come. And at long last, it has. We have much to discuss, you and I. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. To help us grow and spread the word, we'd love nothing more than for you to like, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. You can also connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tweet us on Twitter for the latest original artwork and important updates. And for even more about our ever-growing literary world, head to Maltopia.com to read our dark fiction and gain access to giveaways and discounts with our newsletter. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.